The devil himself is the first black hat. He's the first hacker. Hey, Adam, Eve, open up this email. Thanks, sucker. Gotcha. Howdy, folks. Welcome to the Virtue Signal, and Bill and I are here to pump you up. Oh. Yeah, babe. Which one, which one <laughs> of us is going to be horny, man? <laughs> all right. So, okay, uh, I'm going to have some fun, and hopefully uh, we'll all have some fun together with, um, with, uh, with, with, the, with, the, with the Terminator, the whatever character you want to pick for Arnold Schwarzenegger to be. Mm -hmm. uh, I picked up on a, um, an interview with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, you know, downplaying in, in the afterlife, if you will. Uh, and anybody who says otherwise, you know, the, you know, about anything about an afterlife or whatever it is, you're an effing liar, right? Oh, he and, said he, he said liar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, uh, I guess this was something he was recalling that he uh, was talking about on the Howard Stern show, mm -hmm. and uh, um, you know, it was basically saying anybody tries to tell you that there's some sort of spiritual afterlife or anything like that or something after after you die is an effing liar. Um, you know, and but here's the the irony uh, is Bill, and then of course I want to talk about like the problems that this sends out into the sure. culture. Um, the the irony here is that Arnold's terrified at the same time. He's yeah, afraid that, of dying. Yeah. Um, the 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 thing that's ironic to me is that so Arnold, you're afraid of nothing. <laughs> it's like it's like I'm Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm afraid of nothing. Yet you're terrified of dying, where you feel that nothing is the ultimate destination. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense to me. That's illogical to me. Um, and in a way, I'm, I'm being facetious, but at the same time, I'm totally serious. Mm -hmm. um, because the implications of this it, it are, are, one, they're addressed in the Bible as it is. Uh, you just got you to look at it. Um, the Lord himself has always been. He's uncreated, right? That's he, he's eternal, and that's something that you just cannot see. You cannot see eternally, and, and the Lord refers to Himself as the unseen. Um, now, which would mean that nothing came before God. But these people, from from your atheists to even the Sadducees, who were part of the Sanhedrin, this is like your spiritual authorities. Even the Sadducees believe that nothing is basically where you go to. Nothing takes precedence over God himself because before God, there was nothing, right? Which, like I said, you're not supposed to take it that literally. God is the uncreated and God actually comes before everything. But when you have people like Arnold Schwarzenegger, who is going to, who's this basically cultural icon, is going to say that, yeah, when you die, there's nothing. We will never see each other like we, we see each other now. And for Arnold Schwarzenegger, unfortunately, that's going to be very true unless he <laughs> repents. But, um, you know, but to, to put out in the culture that, oh, yeah, when we die, and you have the right to, man, you have the right to, and we have the right to question you on that. Um, I, I find it really, I find it really irresponsible. And, and I want to go deeper into why, but I just wanted to, what, what's, how does that grab you though, Bill? It's like, you know, to, to just basically, to, to people like me, you know, to, to, to people, you know, to people like us who, who believe that, hey man, no, there's a spiritual component going on here, uh, to just say that there's nothing and to call us effing liars mm -hmm. because we assume otherwise, you know, how, how does that grab you? First of all, did Arnold say something relatively recently? 
Yes, this was he was in an interview with Danny DeVito, and he was recalling something that he he had said to. And he to was Howard. backing it. He was he was yeah. doubling down on it. Right. Okay. Well, first of all, in order to be an effing liar, you have to you have to know that something is not true when you say something, right? You have to know that it's not true, uh, since nobody knows, um, and Arnold doesn't know that person. In Arnold's opinion, at least logically, could be misguided, could be wrong, but they're not lying unless they know that it's not true, and they clearly didn't. So they're not liars. That's that's just that's just the kind of mental laziness I've just come to expect from from pretty much everybody. But if you're in the movie business, your chances are much higher. Um, so the bigger issue is, I don't think we're going to sit here and resolve the issue of whether or not there is an afterlife on this show because the great greatest minds in the history of the world have been working on this one for a long time. But I do think that um, that we can deal with the consequences of what a society looks like if you do believe in an afterlife versus if you don't, if you do believe in God versus if you, if you don't believe in God. And more importantly, I think, more to the point anyway, is I think, I think we can at least address with some, something other than just, you know, repeating thousands of years old argument about about fear of death and what that means and what that says about you and so on. Um, Woody Allen had made a, a point, most of his movies, well, all, all of Woody Allen's movies are about, um, are about elevating the coward, right? The, the, he, he's always the coward and he's always elevated because he's you know, so much smarter than everybody else or so much funnier or whatever. But he did this animated movie called Ants. is one of the first animated movies ever right after Toy Story. There's a whole story of this one ant who didn't want to go off and fight with the rest of the ants to fight for the colony. You know, I'll just stay here and, uh, you know, I'll report back to battalion. I'll, I'll see you guys in an hour. Um, and so he said in many interviews that he, he's completely terrified of it. And and that's got to be a pretty horrible way to live. I was really afraid of dying until 1991. And in 1991, I'd love to tell you I had a re religious conversion, but that wasn't it. In 1991, I just had an experience flying when I just said to myself, I remember this so clear. It was like, you know, like, like an apocalypse now. It was like a diamond bullet through the forehead. After I'd achieved this thing, you know, I'd always wanted to fly and I'm flying gliders and I was in this unbelievable situation. I'm looking at inverted waterfalls of clouds and I'm between, you know, I've got a gold deck of clouds here. I've got a red deck below me. Just such an amazing experience that I remember thinking, you know, if I get hit by a truck now, at least I, my life was well lived. I did something that I, you know, that I wanted to do. It may not have a big impact on other people, but I, I can, I can at least say, you know, all right, I did this. And I've had many experiences like that since then. Well, at least I, I did this. I managed to do this. And that took a, a lot of the sting away. And I, I'm sure we're going to come back and forth with this, but I think I think one of the things that um, is interesting about any talk about the afterlife is the term after. And that implies that time is as we perceive it to be. And I'm not being mystical here. On the contrary, I'm, I'm kind of getting into the deepest part of, you know, cosmological physics. Time appears to be uh, a limited way of us perceiving emotion through another dimension. And, and time is so built into every one of our thoughts. We say an afterlife when I'm not entirely sure that there's such a thing as a before or after. But, but, but to Arnold, um, yeah. Here's the big, strong, tough guy, you know, into the chopper, you know, and gunning people down with, with you know, with 50 cal in his hands and so on. 
And basically, he's trying to get other people as scared as he is. And I saw a lot of that during the pandemic. I saw a lot of that. I saw a lot of people wearing masks and still wearing masks to some degree. And they don't like the fact that other people are not as afraid as they are. That's what the mask thing is all about to me. And it's a special kind of living hell. In terms of the literal hell, that's above my pay grade, as the former president of the United States once said. Indeed, man. And, you know, it's and for, for where Arnold Schwarzenegger is coming, it's going to be reflective of a lot of people, you know, in, in the culture, you know, whether it's American culture even or, or, or the worldwide worldwide. Um, what I'm seeing is a person who's more afraid of dying than they are grateful for living. That's it. Exactly. Yes. Precisely correct. And and the only reason I want to just jump in here again is because I've never understood why that moment I just mentioned had the effect on me it did. I've never I've never heard it put so succinctly. But that was the instant in my life when I became more grateful for being alive than I was afraid of dying. Mm, mm. You know, and, and and see now Arnold, he might he might argue, or people who think like Arnold may argue that, well, how do you how do you figure I'm not grateful for living? I love my life. I love uh, like he said, I'm, I'm, I would miss sitting here having this interview with you, Danny DeVito. It's like, you know, these, these things terrify me that we would never see each other like this, you know, ever again. Um, so probably in Arnold's mind, you know, maybe he is grateful for living. But if, if that's the case, well, I would say, dude, you're, you're effing lying to yourself. You're, <laughs> yeah, not, yeah, exactly. you're, you're not really grateful for living more than you are afraid of dying. And ironically, like I said, your fear is of nothing and it's irrational. Um, this, is, this is how I know that such a person is not really grateful for living. If you're really grateful for living, you need a source to be grateful to. Mm-hmm. And Arnold Schwarzenegger has, de- has denounced the source to be grateful, grateful to. Man, folks, if, if, if you, if somebody if a million dollars was left on your porch, somebody left a million dollars on your porch, um, it would not be a good idea to just go spend it. All right. If, if, if you if you stumbled across a million dollars, it yeah. would not be a good idea for you to just start spending that money. Yeah, you might blow 25 grand or something. Right. <laughs> and, 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 on trying to find a way to escape or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But, you, but yes, you're right, obviously. Yes, you, you, don't you just don't just throw that kind of gift away. Right. Yeah, but, you know, the thing is, man, you're going to be looking over your shoulder for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And so if, if, if of a million dollars was you, I, I would reckon you would have to do the due diligence. You better find out where that came from. You might want to find out where that came from. Yeah. Uh, uh, if it was if it was a gift, find out who the giver was. Yeah, because if you spend that million dollars or any portion of it and it belongs to somebody else, you're now in a hole you can't get out of. That's right. That's right. Well, you know, the life is kind of the same way. Mm-hmm. It's a gift. And there is somebody to be grateful for. You might want to. It's like if we're really grateful for life, you got this gift. I don't know. Maybe it's a, I hate to use the word obligation, but wouldn't no, you? No, that's think, a good term. You know, it's like, man, maybe I need to come to grips who who gave me life. This it's thing a debt. Yeah, I, I completely agree. You know, uh, rather than just going off and spending my life, this treasure, this reward, this thing that we have life, this treasure, I'm just going to go spend it without any consideration of where it came from, without any sense of gratitude. And I would rather fear death than be grateful to the one who gave me life. Mm-hmm. That's illogical to me, you know, so it's but 
Arnold is promoting something like that in the culture. And, and the other concern I have for a bill is that as suicide rates go up, and Arnold Schwarzenegger has gotten behind the whole LGBT movement. Of course. And you got these people out there, they're, they're, they're already murdering themselves, Bill. They're murdering no, what true. they were born no, Absolutely at. true. And now because they're not finding the fulfillment that they were looking for, they're offing themselves. And so, more and more, they're angry at the people that encouraged them to do this when what they really needed was somebody to say, let's just take a look at what's actually bothering you first, you know, before we do all this stuff. And do the hard work to get down and say, look, man, let me just go ahead and let's do the work that reminds you and your physiology that you are a man or a woman, rather than going through this arduous, complicated uh, procedure of trying to convince your body that it's something that it's not. So, but the thing is, once this happens, like I said, you know, these these procedures, they're irreversible. And these people feel like my only way out, I, 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 I have lost my my ability to carry out the directive of of perpetuating our species that instinct is going to have an in, it, it, uh, uh, an influence on your on your psyche and a person is like i i my 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 purpose to be a part of perpetuating my species is done you know so my ticket out is is suicide and arnold is saying hey there's nothing after this life there's nothing well if there's nothing well then you ain't got to worry about hell then some He's not people, worried about hell. He's worried about oblivion. He's worried about non-existence. Same for Woody Allen. Woody now, Allen's not worried about hell. Right. He's worried about not being Woody Allen. Now, compared to the pain that a lot of people are going through, that's an attractive prospect. I would rather feel nothing. I would rather know nothing than the pain and the fear and the emptiness that I'm feeling right now. Yeah. Let me just go ahead and finish this off. So anybody who tells somebody that, you know, Hey, you know, the, the Lord understands. Sometimes you even have Christians who will say stuff like the Lord understands. And, and you know, it's like, no, you don't do that to people. That's cruel. OK, the Lord's not going to understand somebody who put their confidence and their faith in death, releasing them rather than life himself. You put your faith in death and that's where you will go. As opposed to me, life himself, the one who gives you the power to deal with. Yeah, earth sucks. It's not heaven. It's the world. It sucks here. But I have written it to you in blood that I have prepared a place for you to go to. We will, you, I will meet you there. Just hang on to me. Or you can hang on to what Arnold Schwarzenegger says, who cannot prove anything about right. what, what, what's happened. Whereas, like I said, I've come back. I've demonstrated. I wrote that promise to you in blood. Now, you got a lot of people out there who want to say that it's not true. You know, that's why it comes down to faith. You could produce, you could put the evidence right there in front of somebody. You can look down and see that you've got twig and berries. Yeah, that's, that's right. the evidence. But you'll still have the faith to believe that that's not true. Right. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. Um, you mentioned something in there that I, that really rang with me, and that was um, they're not willing to do the hard work. Uh, most people who are watching the show probably are at least somewhat familiar with the Stratosphere Lounge. But for those of you that aren't, I've talked about this several times. Uh, when I was 24, uh, uh, my emotional problems just got to the point where I just couldn't take it anymore. And I started getting therapy and the therapist recommended that I go to Narcotics Anonymous meeting. It was a 12-step program. And I said to her, I said, well, that's interesting because drugs and alcohol are about the only problems I don't have, honestly. And I, and I didn't. I don't have a problem with either of them. But I had a very addictive personality. And I guess you always do. 
so I went to these meetings. I went to them every day. And sometimes I go two times a day. And during the holidays, I go three times a day. And the thing that struck me the most about this was how much hard work it is to, um, to remake yourself. It's just, I had somebody say, it might've been my sponsor actually said, you know, if you ask somebody, um, how do you make a million dollars? You get a, a bunch of answers. If you ask somebody, how do I travel the world? You get a bunch of answers. If you ask somebody, how do I change my life? Nobody's going to be able to answer that for you because it's the, it's the hardest thing you can do. And, and this idea of, of, of gratitude being an obligation, I think is really important, you know, really, really important. Um, it is, it's true that life on earth can suck. It's also true that life in America on earth in the beginning of the 21st century is the least suckiest it's ever been. You know, it has never sucked less than this ever. And, and the, the better things get, the more, the more nihilistic we become, you know, the more, the more disenchanted we become, the more disappointed we become. Life is a miracle. And, and, you know, I, I, I've said this during the abortion argument. It's like you look at the Andromeda galaxy. It's bigger than the Milky Way. It's 200 billion stars. It's a magnificent pinwheel in space. It's like, yeah, but it's dead. This little baby girl here is alive. That's much, much more important than that thing. Right? It's much more important. And and this attitude towards life is is sadly lacking. And I've never, ever ceased to be amazed by people who, and I was one of them for most of my life, just be clear about that, who without question could accept the idea that there was an infinitely small, infinite, and I mean infinitely small, infinitely dense, infinitely hot speck that suddenly just exploded. And you can credit that, but you can't credit the idea that somebody could speak speak existence into existence. There's not a big difference between those two. People say, well, who came before God? It's like, well, first of all, there may not be a before and after. And secondly, what came before the Big Bang, you know? But but the, I think the point I'm trying to get at here is not so much that there's answers to these questions so much as just the blind arrogance of it, the blind arrogance of it. The 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 universe is so is so many orders of magnitude more complex than we understand or can understand we don't have the horsepower for it we just don't i could try to train a rat to fly an instrument approach and it doesn't matter how long i try it just doesn't have the horsepower and so and so for for people to say that we've got all of this existence oh we got it all it's completely sussed out yeah it's just a couple little details we have to tie up but we know exactly what's going on we know how the universe was born and died we know that there's no there's nothing else beyond this for the love of God, man, you know, you call yourself scientists. Um, so I, I, I feel sorry for people like Arnold. I don't, I don't feel sorry for them when they are determined to spread their fear and anxiety, anxiety and misery uh, openly and aggressively like that. But that's one of the reasons that this is one of the least suckiest times and places in human history. You still get a, you still have a right to be wrong here, you know? Yeah, great point, man. And and, and I don't want to just like, you know, be rebuking, you know, Arnold for, for his being misguided without saying, man, I hope you receive the Lord's uh, peace and truth. And that, but you, you, you present something that, you know, a lot of these people might want to consider. I mean, when you think you just like the Big Bang, man, it's, it's basically a controlled explosion, one, 
uh, you know, and, and the Bible already speaks to these sort of things. The Lord, the, the word says that the Lord spreads out the heavens like a tent. He mm-hmm. doesn't, he doesn't, it's not worded in, in the past tense. It's still something that's present. A tent is going to be in a compressed state and you're going to expand it. And, and this, it's ever expanding. Let there be light is the best explanation of the, of what happened during the Big Bang, the instant of the Big Bang. Yes. That, that, that's as good, a, it's as good an explanation as you're going to get of what actually happened. Sure, according sure. to running the clock backwards. Yes, yes, and I'm um, and and even even in that first page, you're going to break down all the things that scientists say are necessary for the facilitation of life. You're gonna have you're gonna need an atmosphere. You're gonna need water. You're gonna need a medium. You're gonna need heat, and you're gonna need the balance of heat and cold. It's all right there in the first and page. And you're of the gonna Bible. need a moon. You're yeah. gonna need a big moon that hit at precisely the right angle to take most of the lighter materials off of the surface of the Earth and leave us with a, a relatively high concentration of metal so that you can build things. Yeah, you're going to Ast- need... Yes, yeah. astronomical proportions. It, you know, it, just, yeah. just like, you know, you were talking about, like, even with the, the uh, Andromeda galaxy. I mean, just it, you, you scale it up, man. It can't be... We can't just be in a solar system with any kind of sun. It's got to be a certain kind of size. It's got to have a certain kind of radiation. It's got... All these things that are, that are neighboring are going to affect... What facilitates life on Earth from from our from the speed of our rotation and revolution to to where we're situated in this galaxy to where this galaxy is situated in a galactic cluster. All those things. It comes down to when, like, say, for instance, with Job, Job is 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 like he, he's like, what is all this stuff that's happening to me? He's asking the wrong questions. And people think it's cruel because God says, man, where were you? It's like you you sitting here butthurting about all this stuff. Man, where were you? Basically, what God was saying is like, look, man, I was the one who laid the foundations of the universe, right? Subatomic particle by subatomic particle, I engineered this whole thing. Do you think, Job, that I did all of this, the heavens that proclaim my handiwork, my technology, do you think I did all this just to mess with you? Yeah, there's, I see this all the time where people think they've outsmarted God, you know. Yeah. Um, and and sometimes it's very legalistic argument. It's like, oh look, I look, I found a loophole that God didn't that you know, found a loophole, you know. Yes. Uh, it's just the arrogance of it and the and the narcissism of it is overwhelming. Mm. Keyword, um, yeah. And and that's where guys like this come from. Um, ultimately, if if you're if you're if you're mortified about non-existence. It's because your existence is the only thing in your life that really matters. I think that's basically a truism. There's nothing more important than you. And when you go, that's the greatest catastrophe that can happen to you. To me, the greatest catastrophe that can happen to you is to be given this this infinite, unbelievably, unmentionably, indescribably microscopic chance to actually have existence in consciousness and not do anything with it. That's the worst thing that can happen. And and I think when you run into people like that, and by the way, by the way, I am 100% convinced and have been since I first heard the term that the, that the people who are pursuing this hard AI, this idea that, that you can build a machine that you could transfer human consciousness into, they are... 95% of them are working feverishly because they're afraid of dying. This is this is their 
This is their salvation. They think if they can get these, if they can just get the silicon dense enough on a on a chip, they'll be able to transfer their um, emotions, uh, not their emotions, just their thoughts onto this thing, and they'll live forever. Uh, and that could be an especial kind of hell because electronics about a million times faster than neurochemistry. And even if you could do it, you might wake up and find yourself thinking everything's moving a million times more slowly, and I'm stuck here mm. for the next eternity watching this guy blink his eyes. You know. Nobody has these discussions. And and when you run into guys like Arnold, you realize that he hasn't thought about it very deeply. And that's not a surprise, especially coming from an actor. But it is especially ironic coming from the muscled superhero, you know, who's not afraid of anything. Who's so and who's so blessed, man? He's so yeah, blessed. Yeah, yes, you know? exactly. <laughs> You've been living the dream for a Make long time. Make a good time. case that he had, he had one of the greatest, in terms of just the physical materialism of it, you can make the case that Arnold Schwarzenegger's had one of the best lives ever lived on this planet. Mm. Well, well, there's no question he's got one of them. He, he, he's in the, he can't even determine how small the fraction he's in because it's so small. But yes, that's a great point. Yes. And, and, and if people want uh, like some kind of tangible evidence or, or some sort of um, practical sense uh, or a practical display of, of, of an allegory, uh, for those who are trying to pursue um, eternal life through AI and, and interfacing your consciousness with... Uh, or with or a, freezing your brain, you know, that, yeah. that whole thing, right? Yeah. I, 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 I call this like the tripping over the plug syndrome. Hmm. Uh, there, at some point... Uh, there's going to be a short. You can have all the backup generators and all that sort of if you want. And it, it, and even if that's not going to be the issue, uh, we have these little things called hackers. Mm -hmm. And uh, so for those who struggle with the idea of demonic possession, you know, in the Bible, uh, if these people want to give their consciousness over to AI and be interfaced with a computer, then you'll deal with the possession of a hacker. Right. So they're going to want to hack into your interface as well. They're going to hack into your into your mind or whatever it is that your that your mind is going to be enclosed in. They're going to want to get in there, too. And uh, matter of fact, the devil himself is the first black hat. He's the first hacker. Hey, Adam, Eve, open up this email. Thanks, sucker. Gotcha. <laughs> right. So is we've been we've had that virus ever since, folks. That, that term demonic possession, by the way, is so. Is so scoffed at by um, by materialists, you know, like oh, you believe in you know these all these like mystical fairies that invisible fairies and stuff. But anyone who's ever been in the grips of 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 behavior that you that is so unlike you that you are watching it from the outside, mm -hmm. possession is the only word for those kind of experiences, especially when they're over. You look at it, you say, did I just do that? Really. It, it is possession. It is. It is. It is something that takes over your abilities to control it. It owns you, and it is not your friend. And um, and I don't. I, I couldn't think of a better term to describe that particular phenomenon. Indeed, folks, we are we are in the middle of a spiritual war. And and for anyone who thinks that demonic possession is 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 something that the Bible uses to explain something that man at the time cannot explain uh, scientifically or, or in terms of the science of psychology, which is the study of the soul. Uh, and you know, how do you really study something that can't actually be measured in the natural? Um, but the thing is, the Bible makes a distinction. Schizophrenia, epilepsy, 
Those things are phenomena that happen in the body. This is part of our biology and things like that when certain routines do not go correctly. Mm -hmm. The Bible does not discount those things as demonic possession. They are two totally different categories. So it's like for anybody who thinks that, well, that's how the Bible explains, you know, uh, epilepsy or schizophrenia and things like that. They explain it with demonic possession. No, it does not. There's, there are two different categories. So I just wanted to leave people with that. Uh, and, you know, to, to in the, as, as the saying goes, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled is convincing people that he doesn't exist. Yep. And uh, don't, I, would, I would posit to y'all, don't fall for it. We're in the middle of a spiritual war. There is a battle that is definitely going on. And, and um, unfortunately, we're, it's, it's, we're either civilians or we're drafted into or, 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 or uh, we, we're volunteer, you know, to just not lay over and, and um, be subjects of the regime. Of, yeah, don't yeah. sit this one out. Yeah. Amen. Thank you. And thank you, folks. Thank you guys for for, uh, entertaining our observations on these things. And I hope we said something useful for you, something that you concluded. You know what? Yeah, I think I I can take that and run with it. (laughs) And while you're running, run on over to BillWhittle.com. And uh, show your support, folks, and, and share these videos if, uh, if you think that there was something useful. And we'd certainly appreciate it, we, and we definitely appreciate your support. All right, for Bill Whittle, I'm Alfonso Rachel, Virtue Signal. We'll see you next time.